0: Uh-huh. keep the change you filthy animal
1: where's the beef
0: hey how you doing
2: hold on to your butt feels like an arby's Mine. Uh. son of a that's gonna
1: leave a mark Chili, baby well what if there is no tomorrow there wasn't one today Woo-hoo. this is tom and jim's top five naming their top five lists on everything pop culture, celebrating the 90s, sports, movies, music, and more. They're not
0: authorities, just grown children. Here's your hosts, Tom Skull and Jim Doubt. Oh, oh God. I thought, you know, did I tell you that, uh, (laughs) did I tell you I I saw that they have a new course at the college that I I used to go to? Uh Uh-huh. What is it's it? a vampire appreciation course. Really? Yeah, it's um it's taught by uh Dr. Acula.
3: <laughs> no, you're making this up.
0: Yeah, but I heard it sucks <laughs> <the> course. <laughs> but don't worry, it won't it won't reflect on the campus. Okay.
3: Wow. Great. What, so is that school, did it lose its accreditation recently also? or <laughs> <laughs> Is it DeVry? Yeah. Are you talking about DeVry?
0: It is. Okay. It's, uh, it's uh, the Phoenix, School of Phoenix. Oh, good. At Harry Potter School of Rise up. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and if that's any in, in indication of where this episode is going to go, yeah, it's going
3: It's going right. to go somewhere. Well, I think uh, we're recording, so let's just start the show. What do you say?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, I thought we were.
3: <laughs> That's what Jim always thinks, too. He doesn't know. It, you know, I just start uh, whenever. It's... All right, hello, everyone. This is Tom and Jim's Top 5. I am Tom Skull, and today I am joined by, uh, well, not Jim Doubt. Or is it Jim Doubt? Jim, you there?
0: I, I'm Jim Doubt.
3: Yeah, you don't sound like him.
0: <laughs> I I have a kid. And... Uh, Working television.
3: I know how special he thinks he is. He has a kid. We all. A lot of us have kids. You know. Right. Oh, sure,
0: but sure. A lot of people. have kids. No, I'm not Jim Dow.
3: No, you, sir. My, I am joined by um, Brad from the Deuce podcast and ABC D Bags podcast. And because Jim is out, uh, he's not feeling well this week, no. and and uh, we wanted to still give everyone a show. And I know last week we 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 didn't we weren't able to give a normal show. We but we had my son on, and we could talk about that here in a little bit. But um, I reached out to That's Brad. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Son, what's that? Your son's review, amazing. Oh, I he love has... your son.
3: Well, thank you. Yeah, he does uh, he does a good job with those. So, um, <laughs> but uh, but no, I reached out to Brad because um, you you do have two of the my favorite podcasts that you host. And oh, so, well, thank you. Yeah, so Brad, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody and uh, again and explain where, where you come house. from?
0: Yeah, you've been on my podcast, so I thought turnabout's fair Play, you might as well torture me by being on your podcast. (laughs) I told you on ABC D-Bags, which is a uh, kind of, I don't know how to describe ABC D-Bags. So I'll start with my other one. The Deuce podcast is where we review um, sequel movies. Um, We only do the second installment of movies. We don't do the third or the fourth, hence the double entendre of Deuce podcast. We dropped the deuce on, on a review. And um, ABC D-Bags is, well, it's kind of hard to describe, right, Tom? Um, it's it is interesting. A, yeah. It's a very interesting, different type of podcast where we take a letter of the alphabet and we uh, build a, a episode around that letter. For instance, uh, the E episode, we did an entire uh, episode inside elevators.
3: Right. In, at, at, a, uh, at a building in your downtown, right?
0: Yeah, and I uh, uh, do it with uh, one of my best friends, Tony, Tony B, and he was in the uh, Chicago um, elevator, and uh, we did like X. X was for uh, xylophone, where we played xylophones. So that was your favorite episode, Tom, wasn't it?
3: Um, no,
0: it's <laughs> a <laughs> so very I, decisive episode. But you were on our T episode, which we did top five.
3: Yeah, that was fun. That a lot of and fun. That was a it?
0: fun one, yeah. and I did my top five tops. <laughs> and you did uh, top five pizzas, I yeah, do you believe. Frozen
3: pizzas, it's key. Frozen pizzas. It has to be frozen oh, pizzas. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was that was fun. I liked that a lot. That was a, that was a good time. <laughs> I love uh, both both your shows. Um, and um, what do you got coming up on the Deuce?
0: Uh, well, we just finished. Um, we did a um, an Olympic episode. That was pretty fun. I don't nice. know if you, you've you heard that one yet, where we did um
3: Oh the cutting edge uh, too, right? The cutting edge.
0: Yeah. Where I have we not pretend, listened yet. We were doing it like uh Olympic broadcasters. Nice. That was pretty fun. <laughs> uh we just did a, uh yeah, we just did an episode with uh uh a friend of ours, Gary Hill, um from Simba Beef Podcast. He did uh Fright he wanted to do Fright Night Two, but we are gonna actually do what we call a loose deuce uh series where we do sequels that might not be sequels but are kind of like spiritual sequels okay for instance zathura is um jumanji kind of uh, like that right um and um oh god what's uh you and tom's favorite movie um i'm sorry
3: (laughs) are my favorite movie (laughs)
0: Uh, yeah, Ben Affleck, he hits, uh, and, uh, what's his face? A ride, a ride, a ride. I can't think of it right
3: now. Oh, Dazed and Confused. Dazed and oh, Confused. Oh, you're talking about Everybody Gets Some.
0: Yeah, we're going to do Everybody Gets Some. Not necessarily a sequel, but a spiritual sequel. So we're calling it our Loose Deuce. Uh,
3: so it's like movies kind of in the same universe.
0: Kind it's... of, in a way.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. I like that. But, that's a cool idea. Yeah, we
0: thought we'd explore that. And, and we're trying to get to see if we can do, um, Leprechaun 2 for St. Patrick's Day. Oh, his-
3: Man, those Leprechaun movies are something else, <laughs> to say the least. Well, cool. Well, we are going to do a show here again. Thank you, Brad, for joining us. And so, wait, this is a show? We're going to try. We're certainly going to try. Uh, <laughs> but we, uh, Jim and I, we're going to do our top five uh, greatest hits albums. And uh, that was a suggestion uh, from a listener named Mike. And we oh. are going to do that. But we, but because Jim really wants to do that episode, we are going to table that till next week. So uh, we scrambled kind of quick. I, we, Brad and I, we kind of right. talked the last couple of days, and we decided to do um, our top five movie musicals. So films Wait. that are musicals, and our only catch, or one only catch is that has to not – we can't be animated. No animated movies.
0: Correct? Right. I think we decided that. Wait, I thought we were still doing – uh, greatest Hits. We're not doing <laughs> CCR Greatest Hits. No. Okay. No. There well, we
3: we'll have to figure. You have to. You have to wait till next <laughs> week,
0: Brad. When we talked about, we were like, we didn't want it to be animated because that just is itself a whole different genre that could lead itself to another list.
3: Right. Yeah. I mean, right. you could just do Disney animated like, ones, and that could just be that's a big list right there. But right. Cool. So that's <laughs> what, what that's what we're gonna do. So I. Uh, so uh, I'm excited about this. Are you excited? Yeah. Oh, I,
0: do you hear my voice?
3: I guess. I Keep hear it
0: nice. Yes,
3: I'm there. <laughs> All I'm right. There. Uh, before we get started, I got we got a couple uh, people wrote in here. I should uh, I should have pulled that up before I tried to tell you about it. Uh, anyway, uh, sing, uh, Brad, why don't you sing a song while I rip, uh, pull well, this up?
0: May I, may I add the fact that you now have um, a co-host this episode that also hates Mark Wahlberg.
3: Oh, thank you. Thank you. What is wrong with Jim? Why does he like Mike, Mark Wahlberg so much?
0: I was re listening to, or I was listening to an episode I hadn't listened to, and he was going on how he likes Mark Wahlberg. Oh, come on. Funky good, Bunch.
3: He's got good vibrations, I guess.
0: <laughs> come on, come on. He, yeah. He plays the same character over and over again.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Yes, he does. Even, I mean. <sighs> The, the, yeah, there's worse actors out there who at least try to do different things but uh, he doesn't he's the same guy in every movie I don't care if it's a comedy right. or, or a drama it's the same guy but whatever I'm a, some people like him, I don't and Brad, I'm glad you don't either
0: Oh no, he's no, he's
3: awful. <laughs> we had a couple of comments. Some I'm gonna save for our next week's episode because they have they relate to our greatest hits up our greatest hits albums. But uh, one, uh, Podbean, our great host here, uh, reached out to Jim and said that he hopes Jim feels better. So that was nice of them. That's, I didn't think they actually read our tweets and our stuff. So thank you, Podbean. Yeah,
0: Podbean was worried about Jim.
3: Oh yeah, they, if if it was the other way around, it w- it'd be crickets. It would be no- yeah. nothing. Um, and then last, uh, Kevin wrote in, I wanted to re- read this one, because he said he had a legit LOL moment during uh, our Tom and Jim's Top 5 podcast on uh, on our, our gym games. And he, he laughed when I asked if I should explain the rules to Red Rover, and Jim said no, and I still decided to explain the rules anyway. And so he <laughs> thought that was funny. And it just proved that I really don't listen to Jim, and he doesn't listen to me when we're talking. So that's that's the best. So no, that was a fun episode. I like the Jim Games episode. Did you listen to that one, Brad?
0: I'm oh, sorry, I wasn't listening. Did, What's going yeah.
3: on? <laughs> Perfect, you're fit right in. All right. All <laughs> no, right.
0: I did. I love I love the parachute. I'm a oh. big fan of the parachute thing.
3: Oh yeah, oh. some people didn't know what that was. A couple people reached you out. Just know that. Well, Jim didn't know what it was at all Like because he, I... he grew up in a small school that didn't do that. And then one guy wrote in who grew up in Hawaii. Um, he was an Army uh, or uh, Navy brat, and so he grew up in Ar- Hawaii. He's like, we didn't have parachute games. And basically probably because they just sat outside in the sun all day. They didn't care about playing in the gym. But, uh, yeah, some people just didn't know. It. I'm like, that is the greatest thing. It's like up there with square pizza, really.
0: <laughs> you have so many fans from Hawaii.
3: Two. Well, he doesn't live there anymore. I don't know, oh. we we're big in Hawaii. It's like we're like spam over there.
0: Well, you know what? Like the two states that produce the most spam or eat the most spam are Nebraska, where I'm at right, right. now, yeah. and Hawaii. So, it, that's awesome.
3: Do you know what state produces spam?
0: Uh it's Nebraska.
3: Well, we have a big we know we have a big uh, Hormel who creates spam is here right. in Minnesota. And
0: my, my brother in law works at the Hormel here in Nebraska. There's a Hormel
3: Minnesota. that, oh, see, there you go. Hormel's everywhere now. So yeah. uh, there's a spam museum in Minnesota. So if you ever uh, up this way, why don't you check that out? That's a real, that's a good 15 sort of a minutes. Treat. Yeah. More of a
0: treat. Fan. a treat fan.
3: Right. right. <laughs> well, let's get into our top five. Um, uh, I'm going to ask you to go first since you're our guest, Brad. Oh, so,
0: G. thanks.
3: What is your top five movie musical?
0: Put it all on me. Oh, this is a countdown. Okay, here we go. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my number five. Here, let me get my notes together. I'm so prepared. So I am like Jim. Yes. So here we go. Uh, is a, if I would say a 2003 movie, it was directed by Christopher Guest. Oh. And it is called A Mighty Wind. Oh, nice. Yes. That's a great one. Of course, A Mighty Win is a mockumentary. Uh, It belongs in the category of all Christopher Guest mockumentaries that include This Is Final Tap, Best in Show, Waiting for Guffman. Um, There's a mascot one that's on uh, Netflix. Um, Best in
3: Show is the – oh, the mascot one. Yeah, Netflix. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet.
0: I think Best in Show is probably the best one. I think that this one is the most underrated one, and I – Oh, I love this one, and I love Eugene Levy most of all in this movie. Right. Just quite possibly just so amazing in this, and just his cadence of his voice, and it's just, um, oh, mm-hmm. And he he plays uh, (laughs) – him and Catherine O'Hara play uh, uh, Mitch and Mickey, and they're all like old folks people from the 60s, and it's a mockumentary about how they're coming together because the guy that uh, founded all folks people, whatever – um, died, and so they're putting together a PBS-like show to showcase all of them. And uh, you've got the Folksmen, who are Michael McKeon, Harry Shearer, and um, Christopher Guest. And if you know all of your mockumentaries, you know this is Spinal Tap. Right. That that all, all the three guys from Spinal Tap are also the Folksmen. So then
3: right.
0: you got the new uh, the new uh, Misty Singers, and that includes. Um, Jane Lynch and Parker Posey, and they're kind of like a cult, like how they how they get their members. Is oh, it's cult. a cult. Like, oh, it?
3: It's yeah. definitely a cult. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, yeah. but it's quite hilarious. I consider it. A, I, I consider it a musical because there's music involved, and so don't you? Well, i mean, you seen this movie, right?
3: That's what I was gonna ask. Um, do you think do you cons- so you consider this a musical? I don't know if I would have. I didn't even think along this line of Mighty as yeah. a musical. Um. Cause it's they it's music in it, but they don't like break out in song and dance to progress a scene. So that's right. where I like think that's musical to me. So that's that that's the picks on my list is like that. But I could be. I mean, I love this movie, so I'm not gonna say what's well, not talk about it because I love <laughs> a mighty wind. But uh, say that
0: the Blues Brothers too. and To me, the Blues Brothers is musical as well. So
3: yes, but, uh... but well, we can we might talk about that here in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna prove that it's a musical. But uh but anyway, I love this movie. I'm we're gonna say it's a musical because I wanna talk about it. Um right. I, I love all the Christopher Guest movies. These are so these are so great. Oh. And um uh like down this is Spinal Tap was one of the best movies. And when I was in college I had a music appreciation class, you know, thing that everyone has. Um and we had to we got to watch side by side um, so this is Smile Tap, and then we watch the death of the Western civilization. Uh, I think that's what it's oh, called, I, which is an wow. actual documentary yeah. that came out before or maybe after Smile Tap, I can't remember. That um, actually has a documentary about a heavy metal music in the '80s, and sure. so they're interviewing real people and re- real bands and real things. And this is Smile Tap is a mockumentary, and it's like it's it's the same thing. It's like, so it's just so funny. Like you could laugh at the other one because you know, like, oh my god, these people are real, and this is Spinal Tap's making fun of them. It's just hilarious to watch those two side by side. But all of these it's, movies are great.
0: I guess you could say this is Spinal Tap as a musical as well. Some information about this movie is that all the songs were written by Eugene Levy, Christopher Guest, and all the other actors. Yeah, and they all played their own instruments. But did you know this, uh, uh, Tom? That in the early '90s, um, that Spinal Tap did, did a tour. Yes, and that well, Michael McKeon, Harry Shearer, and Christopher Guest also opened for themselves as the Folksmen.
3: That I didn't know.
0: <laughs> That's board, awesome. And they got booed because <laughs> people people didn't know that it was them. That. <laughs>
3: That's great. That and they so couldn't they ask that. for a better response.
0: <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> this song was also uh, there was a song in here that was nominated for an Academy Award, uh, "Kiss at the End of the Rainbow." that's sung by oh, uh, yeah. Gene and uh, Catherine O'Hara. And they actually performed it at the Oscars in character. You can actually see um, the, a clip of that on YouTube. You can see clips of the Folksmen, uh, the three folksmen in character on Conan O'Brien, too, as well. And he interviews them in character, so that's great, too, as well.
3: Oh, wait. I've seen that interview because – I mean, spoiler alert for people who don't – have never seen this, but – Harry Shearer's character uh, becomes uh, – uh, uh, he, he, he cross-dresses, right, at the end? Right. He, and yeah. I believe that interview with Conan O'Brien, he's in his cross-dressing character because now that's the life he lives. Yes, yeah. Oh, it's hilarious. Yes. <laughs> so uh,
0: good. I <laughs> uh, Kiss at the End of the Rainbow and some of the other music was actually written by Michael McKean and his wife, Annette O'Toole. You might know Annette O'Toole as um, Ma Kent from Smallville. So that's who oh. he is married to, and so they were nominated for Academy Award together. Also, Christopher Guest is married to Jamie Lee Curtis.
3: Well, there you go. Actually, I didn't know I didn't... that. I never knew that. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Scream is a Scream Queen herself. Um, awesome. <laughs> that's a good pick, man. Again, that's I wouldn't my... have gone along those lines, but I love to... I love that movie, and so that's a good that's a good pick.
0: My first two picks are kind of not traditional musicals and then i kind of slowly get into the work uh, of what we're talking about so well
3: i'm going to play yeah. i'm going to play Bye. a song from there hold on one second now they don't allow
1: no frowns inside leave them by the door there's apple brandy by the keg and sawdust on the floor so if you have got hank Grin, i'll tell you where to go just look for the busted neon sign that flashes e a o s Well, there's a puppy in the parlor, and a skillet on the stove, and a smelly old blanket that a Navajo wove. There's popcorn in the popper, and a porker in the pot. There's a pie in the pantry, and the coffee's always hot. There's sausage in the morning, and a party every night. There's a nurse on duty, and you don't feel right. There's chicken on the table, but you gotta say grace. There's always always something cooking
3: at Old Joe's place. Well, my number five is a musical. <laughs> it's listed as so a musical. <laughs> yeah, No, no, yeah. You, you convinced me. You convinced me. Uh, mine is a 2004 uh, musical drama. And I didn't write down a lot of information on this one because I'm, I'm leery of even talking about this one because of the person it that stars in it. But I love this movie, and I love who it's about. And it's uh, it's Beyond the Sea. With um, Kevin Spacey, oh, oh,
0: oh, with Kevin Spacey, yes,
3: and it's about the the American singer Bobby Darren and uh, his um, his rise to fame and stardom and his uh, relationship to his girlfriend, then wife Sandra Dee, who's portrayed by Kate Bosworth, and she does an awesome job in this movie. And um, I just happened, to, my wife and I just happened upon this movie on Netflix a couple, of years, ba- a couple of years back. A couple years back and um i always knew that i was out but i never saw it. And my my parents my mom especially loves bobby darin i grew up listening to his music cuz she'd play oh, yeah. it in the car your parents as well <laughs>
0: yeah i actually love bobby darin
3: yeah it, the music is great i love and the, and beyond the sea is a is is a title of one of his songs and so that's the name, that's what they titled the movie and um it's great it's i love it and uh and it just follows his life as a little kid all the way up until his death um Bobby Darren was 37 when he died. That's crazy. Um, That's not that crazy. old. yeah. Um, Kevin Spacey wanted to make this movie. again, I'm not gonna talk too much about I, I just don't feel comfortable talking about Kevin Spacey that much, but uh, he wanted to make this movie for a long time. They've been trying to make it since the 80s. Um, and it was um, and it, he came along in the 90s just uh, really trying to make it and the studios always felt he Kevin Spacey was too old to play Bobby Darren because Kevin Spacey was quite older. Um, then thirty seven, even at the end of Bobby Darren's death, and he was supposed to play Bobby Darren in his twenties and thirties. So, um, but he finally, uh, Kevin Spacey became friends with Dodd Darren, which is Bobby Darren's uh, son, and um, they kind of they, so he they kind of just kept pushing and pushing and pushing, and finally in two thousand four they made the movie, and it's really good. It's a really good movie. It came out the same time. Well, Um, I don't know if it came out at the same time, but it's a lot like um, Ray and uh, the Johnny Cash movie, Walk the Line, where it just, yeah, it's a biopic. Yeah, Yeah. and it shows that how you know before some of these movies, we only knew these people for their music, and we don't realize how tortured they were in their own life with drugs and alcohol and stuff. And so there's some scenes. That's why it's more of a of drama. So there's some scenes that's kind of difficult to watch. You're like, oh man, because he's such an alcoholic and stuff. But it's great. Kevin Spacey received a Golden Gold nomination for it and and uh, it's good. It 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 bombed totally at the box office. It did yeah, not do yeah. well. Yeah. And uh, um but um it kinda kinda has a little bit of cult following. But like I said, we just happened upon it on Netflix and, and watched it. And Kevin
0: yeah. Spacey can sing. I mean he can sing as really yeah. well.
3: Well now yeah, he did all his own singing and he's really good at it. I mean so some of these musicals we might talk about, some of the actors who are just actors usually start you know do their own singing and some of them are okay but some of them are like that's rough you know like (laughs) maybe they should have voiced over that guy but um but but no he did pretty good i i thought and it's a it's a it's a fun movie it's a good i love the the music i mean beyond the seas a great song mac the knife uh splish is you know some of the ones that people would recognize if they heard and um it's good it's really good and uh
0: I would say watch it for the love of Bobby Darren and not necessarily Kevin Spacey.
3: Right. Yeah. I mean, I think you know a couple of weeks ago, uh, Jim brought up something about Kevin Spacey, and, and he said it too. He's like, the the thing is, the guy's a great actor, and he made yeah. some great movies. And of course, what we have learned since sucks, and he's not a good person, for you know from what we've learned. But um, doesn't take away. Just like when we talk about Bill Cosby and the Cosby Show, let's still love the Cosby Show, but. You know, I get it. Bill Cosby's not a great person, but the movie's great. Love it. Um, and uh, it starts, like I mentioned, of course, Kevin Spacey and Kate Bosworth. It also has Bob Hoskins and John Goodman in it. And uh, Bob
0: Hoskins, I miss Bob Hoskins. I miss
3: him too. I just showed my son um, the um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He loved it. He absolutely loved it.
0: A review of Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Well, it
3: was between that or Men in Black this last time. So he picked. He picked. He wanted to talk about Men in Black (laughs) first. So maybe a couple weeks from now, who knows? We'll do a. We'll do another review. Fletcher's review, and we'll maybe do Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So, but uh, yeah, this is a great movie. I absolutely love it. Um, The soundtrack has eighteen songs, all all performed by Kevin Spacey. Um, and to promote it, um to promote beyond the sea, um, they actually spacey and Phil Ramone, who did uh, a lot of the music for it. Um, they came up with a 12 city tour concert tour called an evening celebration, the, an evening celebrating the music of Bobby Darren. And he, it consisted of spacey with a, with a 19 piece band. And they went around to cities such as San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York, Boston, Chicago, Miami, Atlantic city, um, and Vegas. Um, promote, you know, singing the songs to, to promote the movie instead of your traditional going on all the talk shows and promote it. So I think that was really cool and different. Could yeah, have been re- right? one reason why it didn't do so well elsewhere, you know, in the theater, because people didn't really know about it at the time. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it doesn't. It only has like a 42% on Rotten Tomatoes. Not great, but it's fun. Watch it for the music. Watch That's it for the –
0: Because it's, yeah. it's not a bad movie. Right. No, no
3: it's, it's not a bad movie. Yeah.
0: It deserves higher than that, but, right? Yeah,
3: right. So it's yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, thank you. It's pretty fun. Um, it um he was space. He was nominated. Uh, they said for Golden Globe. Um, he did not win, but he was nominated for Golden Globe Best Actor. But he actually lost out to that year Jamie Foxx for his portrayal of Ray. So like Ray was such a hit <laughs> at the same time that Best uh, Beyond the Sea came out. So there's just really no comparison there. But um, yeah. There you go. That's all I got on Beyond the Sea.
1: Somewhere beyond the sea Somewhere waiting for me My lover stands on golden sands And watches the ships that go sailing Somewhere beyond the sea She's there watching for me If I could fly like birds on a high Then straight to her arms I'd go sailing It is far beyond the stars It is near I know beyond a doubt My heart will lead me there soon We'll meet beyond the shore We'll kiss just as before Happy we'll be beyond the sea And never again
3: I'll go sailing. All
0: right, man. Well, what's your number four? Well, my number four is uh, my, the newest movie that I have on my list. Uh-huh. It's from 2016. It's a movie that you might not know, and a lot of people might not know okay. about, but it's a movie uh, set in the 80s. Um, I like it called, already. <laughs> it's set in the 80s. It's set in an Irish, small little Irish working class town, and it's called Sing Street
3: oh you know i've never seen it
0: yeah you need to watch this movie right now it is (laughs) so full of joy and love and so much appreciation just like uh, we saw it in the movie theater and i had a smile on my face and not only did i have a smile on my face tom i had a smile on my heart oh wow i know
3: a heart smile that's a big smile
0: you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it's a movie by John John Carney, who also directed a movie, a great movies called uh, Begin Again and Once. And um, it's not necessarily your typical musical. Wait,
3: wait, wasn't John Carney the kicker for the New Orleans Saints in the 90s? That's a different John well, Carney, I think.
0: I, yay, sports. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
3: Sorry. That's our, sports, that's our sports talk for the day. So go ahead. Well, go it's, continue it's, on.
0: The- this guy's movies deal with music. <laughs> and this is a story about a 14-year-old who um, who is going through a lot of changes. And, and his family is kind of – his mom and dad are fighting. And he go they go to uh, more of a working class. They have to move to a working class neighborhood in the 80s. And his, um, he decides uh, – he falls in love with his girl and tries to win her over. And how does he do that? By starting a band course so of course he starts a band and um he with the, with the help of his brother he starts um learning music from the 80s um so it's it's a lot of the music is based on kind of like uh the cure nice and this and like the jam and and, and stuff like that uh and so it's all original music as far as uh the soundtrack is concerned um and it is just wonderful like Everything about this movie—it's on Netflix, so I would suggest watching it. Yes, I will. Um, <laughs> um, he and I don't want to give it away because it's a nice kind of fun ending. Okay. Um, uh, and he just kind of—he uh, struggles with his identity and, and goes through different musical phases that kind of we all go through when we're like first learning about like what good music is and not necessarily what music is. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yep. Um, and so I quite enjoy it. I don't have much about it because a lot of it is that the kids. I guess the main thing is that the kids also played their own instruments in this movie as well. Nice. It's just quite impressive. Yeah. That all kids did. Like um, uh, like, like
3: uh, what's that like, one with uh, Jack Black? <laughs> School of Rock. Rock. Yeah. Anyway, I know I mentioned it because Jim hates Jack Black, so I just I had to throw that in there. Really? I don't think he's a fan. I don't think he's a fan of Jack Black. What with Jim? Well, he's sick right now, but I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's that's my pick for number four: "Sing Street."
3: Cool. I I want to see it. I love '80s music, as uh, you might know. Oh,
0: you'll love it. (laughs)
3: So... <laughs> that's funny you mentioned eighties cause my number four has to do with the eighties as well, but it's not sing street. Um, it is, <laughs> it's a movie and you know, the movie itself was panned by a lot of people. A lot of people don't like it. My wife, love and, it. my wife and I love it. And it started off as an off Broadway play. And it got, you know, people absolutely love the play the musical on off Broadway. And it's, it's rock of ages oh no i don't okay rock of ages um i love this movie i think it's so much fun it is so much fun no it's not the best storyline no it's not the best anything but it has awesome 80s music um it's it's funny it's uh it's great and it just features it's just basically the story of um uh the this girl who uh who played played by juliana huff and uh it comes to uh, I think she I think she might even come from Oklahoma or Nebraska or somewhere in the middle might be your your but comes to uh, oh no way yeah She's not from Nebraska no not Juliana Huff herself I'm talking about her character anyway no, I know yeah <laughs> anyway she travels to L.A. to uh, become a singer you know has, does that whole dream and ends up bartending at this at this uh, club that has um it's a huge uh, it's just a huge club that they they you know 80s music at the time they'd get big acts and stuff but anyway she's bartends there and she meets all these other people including uh including russell brand who works there alec baldwin who's the owner of the club and uh and a couple other people and stuff but it's it's just basically so she falls in love with this guy and so it's a love story throughout it but the whole time it's just a it's just a concert of just 80s rock music
0: hairband right like hair oh yeah stuff? this
3: is hairband it features like Def Leppard, journey scorpions poison foreigner guns and roses
0: is there any is there any docking
3: there's no docking but there's jim's favorite oh. pat benatar and he absolutely loves pat benatar and so do i <laughs> and uh joan jet bon jovi twisted sister white snake ario speedway the best is like the just the soundtrack alone is amazing if you like any of that kind of music um that it's awesome and um It it wasn't you know didn't make a lot of money or anything but uh, one of the big things that people don't like of it which I actually like and I don't necessarily like this actor but Tom Cruise (laughs) is in this movie and he plays um, Stacy Jacks who's like this lead singer this you know he's totally like a cross between uh, John Bon Jovi. Vince Neil and like Maybe. you know just everything you think of an 80s glam rock band lead singer that's what he plays. He does all of his own singing in it and you know what? He's pretty good. Like it's really good. And he you know they're all covers of course of actual songs. So no, there's no original music in this in this movie. But he does pretty good. It's really it's a lot of fun. And uh yeah, I don't I mean it's just I have you seen this movie?
0: I have not seen this movie. I do know who originally made that role off Broadway, though. Who was it? It was Chris Hardwick.
3: Okay. Well, great. Yeah, I want to see this. I know it traveled to through all over the America, and it came to Minnesota, and we never went to it. And I kind of regret not going. Um, did you you've ever did you see the the actual musical in the theater?
0: I I don't know anything about this movie. Oh, okay. And, and I just know right. that uh, they they sing a lot of foreigner, right?
3: They sing they sing everything. It's great. Um, yeah, it's cool. I mean, I mean, it's uh, like I said, the storylines. It kind of sucks. The storylines. It it's just just <laughs> the two the two people fall in love and then they just kind of grow through the times. There's um, what's his name is in it. Uh, 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 Brian Cranston plays like the, the guy running for mayor in LA and his wife is Catherine zeta Jones. And they're, they're against rock music, you know, cause it's bad. What It promotes what? sex and violence and it's bad. You know, what that kind of movie? stuff. <laughs> and, uh, Malin Ackerman who plays a Rolling Stone, uh, uh, reporter. She's really what? great in it. Yeah. Mary J Blige is in this movie. Like there's tons okay,
0: of people. Give Mary J is amazing.
3: Yeah. She's great. Um, it's just fun, yeah. It just goes through this guy, these two, kind of singing their way through the, their love story, and that's 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 pretty much it. Well, of course, it, it couldn't be a musical in an '80s type musical. The place where they they all work, it's called the Bourbon Room, and that's the big uh, place where all the music <laughs> is. Yeah, I know. And of course, they have to save it. You know, you always have to have a movie, and you have to have someone raise money to save something. That's what the all these '80s musicals and '80s things work so it's like break it. What's that? It's called the it's called the bourbon room. The bourbon room is where they all work. Yeah,
0: uh, that the sky around the bourbon room, like the ozone layer, is like uh, has a hole in it from all the aqua net hairspray.
3: Possibly, there's a lot of hairspray in this movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think really why I do love it though, it's the music. It's the it's it's just so yeah. much fun. It's it's fun and it's um and it gets pan. I don't think it deserves the hate it does get, but it's uh it's really good. And I don't I don't understand why this people don't like this, but they love the, 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 the Broadway musical. So it's like, what's the difference, you know? But I think, I think Tom Cruise and Alec Baldwin turned people off on, uh, during this time, but whatever, it's great. It has a bunch of cameos, uh, from a bunch of, uh, eight, you know, then eighties stars, you know, such as Sebastian Bach of Skid Row, Kevin Cronin, Ario Speedwagon, you know, uh, just a bunch of people uh joel um hoekstra of night rangers in it i mean it's just kind of cool like if you know your 80s rock and you see them like oh i know that guy you know like it's so that's kind of cool but yeah they don't
0: have any midfield crane from ugly kid Joe, do they
3: no because that's 90s is it 90s i think so
0: i'm pretty sure ugly kid joe that (laughs) uh
3: but yeah it's a fun movie it's a it's a really fun movie um you know, for all the funny, you know, it's funny that all the people who didn't like it because they thought the story stunk or Tom Cruise wasn't good. Critics really liked Tom Cruise's character in it. That's like one of the only shining points that got, you know, they, they got like Tom Cruise sang. He always wanted to do a musical, he said, but he never thought he, he didn't know how he would fit into one or like how it worked for him. But so he was like really kind of freaked out about singing and he does all his own singing. He's really good. He's really good at it. Uh, I have the soundtrack um, let's do it all the time. It's great. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. You, you should check it out.
0: I will totally check it out.
3: Okay, good.
0: I love I love like a good uh, hair band every once in a while.
3: Well, it's it's definitely a lot of hair hair in this movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> well, check it out. There's a bunch of information on, it, but it just 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 if you want to like listen to some '80s rock and just have it on in the background, that's the best. So just do that. Slash! All right,
0: man. What's your number three? Uh, my number three is a 1952 musical. This is a true musical. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. People call this... What? No, keep going. <laughs> many people call this the greatest musical of all time. Um, but it's not my number one because I have uh, – my number two and number one are kind of really personal to me. Okay. Uh, but it is the 1952 classic Singing in the Rain.
3: Well, sir, I would call this the greatest music of all time because it is my number one, so. <laughs> <I kind> okay.
0: <of laughs> yeah. And I didn't want to, like, step on your toes. No,
3: no, this is great. I, tell me a little bit about Singing in the Rain, Brad.
0: Um, Singing in the Rain is, uh, like I said, a 1952 movie um, starring uh, Debbie Reynolds, mm-hmm. Gene Kelly, Donald O'Connor in an amazing role. Um, yeah. And it's a bas- It's like the 1920s, and it's like the start of like talkies, yeah. are coming into fashion, and um, and so uh, they cre- they make a they make a movie and uh, called called the Dueling Cavalier, mm-hmm. and uh, they preview it and it's a bomb, <laughs> and so they decide that let's make it a musical, but like the the main girl can't sing, so they dub her voice with uh d- uh. Debbie Reynolds' voice. And Debbie Reynolds was 19 when she was cast in this this film. Wow. Uh, She lived with her parents and commuted to the set. She had to wake up at 4 a.m. and ride three different buses to the studio. And Sometimes to avoid the commute, she would just sleep on the set. They say that uh, Gene Kelly was kind of uh, a perfectionist, um, which so shows in this movie. This movie is really visually... And the music it's just wonderful, everything about this movie is a movie musical. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, and oh, um,
3: it's, it's fantastic it's it's oh, yeah, it's on like the number one list of a lot of people for a reason. It's one of the best movie musicals, if not the best, out there it's just so it's so great and it, nothing's compared to it, really, you
0: know, so did you know that Donald O'Connor uh smoked four packs a day? And uh, he had a really hard time at the beginning doing the whole uh, make him laugh uh, scene. Yeah, I did and,
3: read that, and that uh, sounded horrible. I mean, four packs oh. a day. Good Lord. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he said after they filmed it the first time that he just went and he went to bed for like three days. Oh, That's my God. Awful.
3: Well, I think he ended up in the hospital for a couple of days, too, yeah. because he was smoking so much, and it, obviously his probably his body was shutting down. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. What, what else do you Yeah, at the 1972 Academy Awards, Gene Kelly ignored Malcolm McDonald because he was so offended by the graphic rape scene in the Clockwork Orange right. being performed Kelly's original vocal to Singing the Rain, which I thought was kind of funny that he was like, you know. He was uh, upset with him, on, yeah. Yeah, he was upset with that. Also, this is the seventh time that the song Singing the Rain was used on the big screen. A lot of people think that this is the, the first time that it was actually written – before this movie, and it wasn't. It was actually used seven times, or this was the seven times it was used six times before that. The first time in the movie, The Hollywood Review in 1929, uh, where it was sung twice. So that's kind of interesting. I thought that was kind of
3: yeah, that's kind of cool.
0: Just, yeah, because a lot of people think it's just in this movie. Like they must have wrote it for this. So
3: right, I, and but, I think I think I mean I don't and don't feel bad thinking that. I think everyone thinks that. Oh, <laughs> you I, know, like, yeah. I did before I researched it. So,
0: yeah. Uh, that uh, working days sometimes uh, stretch to 16 hours. And I uh, actually found out that the ballet, uh, the Broadway ballet um, scene. Yeah. Uh, it actually, it, it, it took them two weeks to shoot and cost about $600,000. Wow. That's almost fifth the overall budget of the movie. So. And in
3: 1952, that's a lot of money today.
0: That's a lot of money. What do you have on
3: this movie? Um, I got most of the same same stuff. Um, um, You mentioned Debbie Reynolds and Gene Kelly's uh, relationship was not the best on this movie. Um, On screen, it looked great, but uh, um, um, Debbie Reynolds was not the greatest dancer at the time. And Gene Kelly, of course, is one of the greatest uh, dancers ever, especially when it comes to movies and musicals. And uh, um, he was a perfectionist, like you mentioned, and he... uh, he wasn't shy about telling Debbie Rounds he she he, she was screwing up or did something bad, and uh, uh, so she would just sometimes just break down in tears and cry, and they had to like, I think Donald O'Connor would actually try to cheer her up, uh, just like he does in the movie, you know how his character is, but he would he would try to like cheer her up, and, and but they didn't have the best relationship, and later on Gene Kelly ends later in life did say he's surprised that she ever wanted to talk to him again, like he knew he was an asshole. To her <laughs> and um there was i mean she, at one point during the like you said the ballet scenes and stuff i mean the um in the dancing scenes uh her feet would be bleeding so because she'd be trying so hard and it just wasn't and uh she just she couldn't do it you know she just wasn't as good no one's good as gene kelly and he didn't he wasn't gonna accept that but um so that's you know it's kind of a dark part of the movie it would too bad to you know find that stuff out but um another thing too is the famous dance sequence of course with gene Kelly literally singing in the rain and he was spinning the umbrella and stuff and going through yeah. the puddles. Um, he got so soaked, um, in it. And he, um, he, when he was doing that scene, he actually already had 103 fever. <laughs> and so, um, he, the su- suit he was wearing was wool. And, um, so he was doing 103 fever. He was getting wet and cold and the suit was wool and it was shrinking during filming. <laughs> and, um, and there's a common myth out there. So he was having a horrible time during that. But there's a common myth out there that Kelly did that whole scene in one take. and um, But thanks to kind of some camera trickery and where the cameras were p- placed, um, uh-huh. they actually filmed that sequence over three days. Um, so you think it's just one long scene and stuff, which is cool, but it's not um, – and uh, some, someone said there's a myth out there that the rain in that sequence is mixed with milk in order for the drops yeah. to show up better on camera, which is not true at all. Uh, it's just through the you know the with proper lighting, you know, stuff you'd learn in film school, you know. But um, so that's kind of that's kind of cool. But yeah, I absolutely love this movie. I the first time I ever saw this movie, I was a little kid. And I think it was on t- network TV or something. My mom watched it, or maybe I was at with, with my grandmother or something. Watched it, and I thought it was cool. When you're a little kid, you're like, oh, "That's cool." And of course, the song, the one scene that everyone loves, or at least when you're a little kid, the make them laugh scene in the song is oh. awesome. It's such a great scene. And um, but then I never saw it again until college, and I, had, you know, when I was in film school, um, we we uh, had to watch it, and I just fell in love with it. Now through a different set of eyes and knowing kind of a more of a film background, I just think it's so cool. It's so well done. And for being from 1952, it still holds up so much. Um, oh, I, yeah.
0: I agree. It still yeah. holds up. I'm, uh, we're going to take my niece, um, or uh, later this, uh, actually in March, they're going to show it on the big screen and we're going to take her.
3: Oh, awesome. Awesome. Like I hope so. she likes it. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. so the, the Just the performance of Donald O'Connor alone is amazing. And, um, and a lot of people don't know, or maybe you do know, this was kind of an inspiration for the 2016 musical La La Land. Um, so, uh, And it, you can see some similarities if you've seen both of those movies. Um, so it's pretty cool. Anything else you yeah. have on it?
0: No, that, that about, uh, yeah, that, I think we covered our base when it came to Singing in the Rain. I'm singing
1: in the rain You're singing in the rain Come on with the rain, I have a smile on my face I walk down
3: the lane
1: with a happy refrain Just singin', singing in Alright,
3: well that was your number three, so I guess I gotta talk about my number three So, what is it? I lost my spot Okay, here it is. My number three, I love this This one's a, my, This one's a little different Um, people are going to be kind of might roll their eyes at me. Maybe not, but I grew up loving these people, these characters. And in 2011, uh, they made a new movie with these characters and it just brought all that love and nostalgia back for me. And it's the Muppets from 2011 with, uh, uh, Jason Siegel, uh, and, uh, and Amy Adams. I love this movie. It is so much fun. (laughs) Like I love the Muppets growing up. I love the original Muppet movie, the Great Muppet Caper, the 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 um you know the Christmas Muppet Christmas Carol. I love everything Muppets. (laughs) It's just so cool. And uh, but I love this one's this one's great. It it took uh, characters that were no longer relevant at all. They weren't, and um, Jason Segel, like just like myself, probably grew up watching them and loved it, and he always wanted to make a Muppet movie and kind of bring them back into the mainstream because the Muppets were out were around all the time in the in the '80s. So, and he did that, and he finally got someone to make it with him, and uh, it's awesome. And this one revolves around Jason Siegel and his brother Walter, who Walter is a Muppet. So there's so there's no logic here. Just so you know. <laughs> and uh they live in uh the town called Sm- I think it's Smallville or Small Town or whatever. And he has uh Jason Segel has a girlfriend named um named uh Mary, who uh who um Jason Segel's character is Gary and he, his girlfriend Mary and uh and um who's played by Amy Adams and their big thing is they want uh, Walter always wanted to go see the Muppets in LA and so they do a trip to go there and realize the Muppets are no longer relevant. so they kind of, the, um, they round them all up again, um, to, to kind of save the theater or the, it's like they save the studio Muppet studios. And, uh, or cause they're going to, of course there's this guy named Tex Richmond, who's going to come in and drill, dr- knock it down to drill oil. So they just <laughs> do that whole classic, you got to save the theater thing, which I love right. that. And, uh, and so they get all everyone to back together and do a do like a TV special, and uh, which uh, the TV uh, exact is played by Rashida Jones, which I love her; she's great. Oh, and, I love um, her. And Tex Richmond's played by Chris Cooper, who's an awesome actor. Like so underrated. Like people don't think of him; he's great. he's oh, really great. I love. Yeah. yeah, I love. It. Um, and then they brought back a lot of the same people to do the Muppet stuff. Frank Oz, who uh, used to always do the Muppet stuff, and of course does you know did Yoda and all that stuff, was not brought back for this. He he declined to 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 do it. He didn't at the he didn't like the first script, and so he just said, ah yeah, no. Uh, but later on, he has said that you know this is a great movie. He uh, he was very happy that they brought the Muppets kind of back in the limelight and stuff. It's cool. It's a fun movie. It has <laughs> one of the be- one of the original songs. It has is man or Muppet. And it, that's a great song. And there's a scene in there with uh, Jim Parsons. A lot of people know him from uh, big bang theory, uh, who plays the, uh, uh, human version of Walter. Like he's, Walter's looking in a mirror, singing the song and Jim Parsons plays the human version. Of him. It, it's great. It's a great scene. It's a great song. I think that song was actually, uh, nominated that year for, uh, best, uh, best originals song for uh, the Oscars. And, uh, yeah, it's so much fun. Um, have you seen this one? I assume, Brad.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love anything like with you. I love anything Muppets. Yeah. Um, is concerned. Uh, what's your favorite Muppet?
3: My favorite Muppet is always has been Gonzo. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. I really don't. And I I love Gonzo and I love Fozzie, um, because you know, the you know the waka waka walk and the jokes and stuff, but um. Right. It would have to be Gonzo. I just think Gonzo's great. Um, one of my, uh, I would say, non-essential Muppets or non-main Muppet, as i always love the Swedish chef. <laughs> I think he's just hilarious. Um, sure. And then an, and an Animal, of course, is up there too. But I, what would be your favorite Muppet?
0: Well, a lot of people who know me think that my favorite Muppet would be um, Fozzie the Bear. But actually, my favorite Muppet is Rolf the Dog. Oh, Rolf,
3: yeah, he's great.
0: He is underrated in my book, and he is. A lot of people said that Ralph the dog was Jim Henson. Oh, really? He that's was one it. of the first Muppets um, that Jim Henson ever created, and a lot of people said that that's kind of his personality. Nice. So, nice. Yeah.
3: Um, this movie, of course, had a bunch of cameos, just like all the other Muppet movies. Uh, this one had a bunch of cameos, including Emily Blunt, who actually plays Miss Piggy's French receptionist when she's working in Paris and it's a spoof on Emily Blunt's character from the devil wears Prada, which I've never seen that, but, um, and, uh, there's other cameos as James Carvel as himself, uh, Whoopi Goldberg, Selena Gomez, Dave Grohl, who plays, which is great. Cause he has a, he has a drum off thing with animal, which is great. Um, Neil Patrick Harris is in it. uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, John Krasinski, a bunch of different people so it, it it followed the same vein as the other um Muppet movies and um like I said Jason Siegel just wanted to create a Muppet movie just bring him back in the limelight there was of course a sequel which uh, i i think we saw and it wasn't great but see he didn't Jason didn't want to be part of the sequel he just wanted to get the Muppets kind of back in the mainstream and just kind of let it go from there, so he chose not to be part of the sequel, and the sequel is not not great <laughs> but um but
0: then- I'll review it on the dudes for you. Yeah, please
3: do. I would love to hear what you guys think of that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's great. We it's got a great soundtrack. Um, it has some of the classic, you know, classic songs, of course, from Muppet, the, the you know, from from the Muppet uh, shows and the Muppet movies, and of course it has that Manor Muppet, which is a great new song. And yeah, I love this movie. It's and it's funny. It's legitimately funny. Like you, la- you're laughing at this movie. And and Walter's a great addition to the Muppets he's a great new Muppet so yeah, nice. that's all I got on that one anything, anything from, from you on that
0: sweet okay. no I mean I know the movie very well I've seen I've only seen bits and pieces of it I haven't seen the whole thing alright
3: well I suggest Jason,
0: you watch it does Jason Segel write the songs he,
3: he wrote he uh, he helped write the the original song for it and um he wrote the script and then of okay. course stars that's him. what I thought yeah everything's great
1: Rose with someone to paint, with someone to pose. Life's a piece of cake with someone to pedal, someone to break. Life is a gently. with someone to saw, with someone to see. Life's a happy song when there's someone by my side to sing along. I've got everything. A piece of cake oh. With someone to give And someone Heavy cake Life's a piece of pie With someone to wash and someone, someone to dry. Drive. Life's an easy road With, With someone beside you to the f- No, life is full of hide With someone to stir And someone to fly. Life's a leg of lamb With, With someone there f- to f- lend a hand Life's a bunch of flowers With someone to while away the hours Life's a, a fill of fish. Hey! Uh, yes it, it is. is Life's a, a happy song <laughs> When you and get roll. someone by your
3: side <laughs> To sing along all right, all right. Well, let's get let's move on. That was my number three. What's your number two?
0: My number two is a 1992 Disney live action film that flopped at the box office for some reason. <laughs> um, my number two and one are kind of very personal to me uh, because they're the ones I've seen the most. Okay. This movie I'm talking about the 1992 live action Disney movie is called Newsies.
3: Oh, I love Newsies. That's a good movie. Sorry,
0: Christian. <laughs> It, I I I love Newsies. Right. I dressed as a newsie in, in a high school because I was a geek. Right. I i loved the soundtrack. Um surprised I was a theater nerd. But uh yeah, um Newsies uh was a big failure in the box office. Yeah. I mean th- this is the first live action movie they did since uh I want to say bed knobs and broomsticks. And during nineteen ninety two, why I mean what was Disney thinking? They were like we should probably, you know what, really get seats, like butts and seats? Um, a story about the 19, or 1899 um, newspaper boy strike. That really is, like, good material to get people in seats, right?
3: And is this coming off, like, or is this before Aladdin? Because Aladdin was 92. This is
0: around that, I think this is around that time, wasn't <laughs> it, or, like, coming off Aladdin?
3: So they have, like, one of the greatest movies they've ever made, and then they bring out Newsies, and, it just, and they wonder why it flopped, I guess.
0: <laughs> like i said this movie was a commercial flop upon its release it is, it is a story about the the uh the newspaper strike uh the newspaper boy strike they raised the price of uh papes oh god to, to one cent more you know and they uh so it stars christian bale christian bale is actually ashamed to tell his friends that he was in a, a movie musical
3: why? Do you have anything? Which, uh, why he was? I, That's weird.
0: He, he, he really he denies this movie. He does not talk about this movie at all. I don't know why. Um, because he's not terrible in it. I mean, he's not the greatest dancer. Do well, you think? Whatever.
3: Do you think at this time in his career he um w- lost his shit on somebody <laughs> on off camera <laughs> like he did <laughs> like he did for him on Terminator? <laughs> Damn
0: it! I'm puri-wetted,
3: wedded. Okay. <laughs> I did a pair of Just Screaming at some poor Just production screaming. assistant. Yeah. Uh,
0: but like I said, it was a commercial flop. But however, it gained a cult following uh, when it was released on home video, mm. making its money back on rentals and deemed popular enough to be adapted to a stage musical. So it's actually a movie that flopped that turned into a stage musical in, in 2012, 2013. Um, that was a, a commercial success.
3: Yeah, see, that's, um, that's cool. That's, a, lot of, a lot of these yeah. are like already staged uh, musicals that we're talking about. And then it, this one <laughs> took a movie that flopped and made it into a, a very, very successful Broadway musical. I mean, that's awesome.
0: And I like that because we have so many movies that are getting like remade mm-hmm. nowadays. Yeah. So many good movies. But I say remake bad movies and make them better. But that's just me. Um, <laughs> uh, the song King of New York was written as an afterthought, um, and it became one of the favorite songs of the movie that, uh, Alan making and Jack Feldman wrote. Um, I knew this movie by heart. I've seen it many, many, many times, um, many times alone, many times, not alone. <laughs> uh, um, it's just one of those movies. It, it was one of these movies that like they showed at like two in the morning, or not two in the morning, but like two in the afternoon, like over and over again on a weekend. And I'm like, "Why are these kids dancing in the street?" Right. You know, like I didn't know what it was, and then I watched it. And I was like, "This is amazing. I hope they show it again."
3: Yeah, I and think that's, that's how I that's saw it. Was like right. on either home video or like just on TV randomly. Um, I never saw it in the theater, but yeah, continue. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah. No, I love. Um, there was a proposed sequel about the uh, the street walkers of 1899 called Floozies. No, I just made that up. <laughs> anyway, um,
3: and then they have an AMC one called the the Dead Walkers or whatever, The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah. Anyway,
0: <laughs> this movie was panned by critics, panned by everyone. Won a Razzie Award for worst song. Um, what song?
3: Which I, what song did they win a um, Razzie Award?
0: And Margaret sings, which is terrible. Which is just a terrible song. Hmm. She's she's like on a swing and she's like, Hi times, hi times and I'm like, Whatever. <laughs> Shut up and oh. <laughs> That's just me. Uh, but that's all really I have for this. This is just one of those movies I will watch over and over again when I'm feeling down. Uh sometimes I'm like, I wanna watch news. <laughs> that's
3: how it's it's cool, and it's got good music. And like I said, like this is another one that I think a lot of people have, are familiar with now because it's been it was on Broadway, and it's traveled like around.
0: YouTube. In YouTube, the newsies dancing to popular music. I suggest doing that. Oh. They danced Beyonce. <laughs>
3: uh, I'm gonna have to do that.
0: <laughs> danced, like so, it's so great. They danced to all this music that's uh the more modern and. And some of them work. Some of them look like they're actually going to the beat of the song. So I would suggest looking that up. But yeah, uh, number two pick Newsies. I'm
2: dumb. What's the matter with you? You're in the papers, you're famous. You're famous, you get anything you want. And that's what's so great about New York new shoes with matching laces a permanent box at the sheets races, a porcelain tub with boiling water a Saturday night with the mayor's daughter, oh, yeah. look yeah. at me yeah. I'm the king of New York yeah. suddenly I'm respectable staring right at your lousy wit stature nobbing with all the muckety mucks, I'm flowing my dough and going deluxe, then dare I be ain't i pretty
1: it's my city i'm the
3: king of new york all right well my number 2 is one of my favorite movies and of course i say that every week when we're doing a top 5 on movies but i love movies <laughs> so, so and it's um but it's a great movie it's it's uh, i love comedies i love 80s comedy and uh this is right up there and it actually came out in 1980 and you already kind of talked about it a little bit, and it is the Blues Brothers.
0: I figured that. Yeah. I
3: love the Blues Brothers. And when you, you know, we talked about you thought Blues Brothers doesn't have any scenes where they just break out in song. So, that is untrue. Some
0: people say that. I say yeah, it's a musical.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's a musical. And there's a few, ce- there's a couple scenes where they just break out in song. One, for instance, is the scene with Aretha Franklin when the Blues Brothers tried to go get their um, their friend uh, who plays the guitar. And they break out in the in the diner, and she sings uh uh oh God, what's that song? You better think I think it's called is that what it's called? I don't remember what it's called everyone's probably like, "Oh, it's this, and they're yelling at me right now, but I'll look it up later but um that's one, and then of course, when they go t- in the beginning when they go to the the orphanage and they go to the church where uh James uh Brown is the preacher, and they break out in song on that and uh yeah, so it, it's definitely a musical i I love this. I love this movie. It is so much fun. <laughs> it's just a fun movie. Um, <laughs> of course, you know, coming off the at this at the time in 19, you know, when I started filming in 1979, I mean, SNL was huge with with uh, John Belushi and then coming off the success of Animal House and the actual Traveling Blues Brothers band that they did, him and Dan Aykroyd, were haven't had records of the Blues Brothers that was created on SNL, and then they would travel around and sing and sing, do blues concerts, and that was wildly successful in the late seventies. So there was a there was actually a, a bidding war to get this movie made, um, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, I believe you, uh, was it Universal that actually won it, won the war to get get it made, but um, <laughs> they got the rights to it, and then they realized we don't know how <laughs> to write a script. Dan Aykroyd and John John Belushi <laughs> was so hopped up on cocaine at this time Probably. he wasn't writing anything. So Dan Aykroyd, who was never at the time never knew how to write anything as, as far as a movie script, um, came to them with a 324 page script, which was triple the size of what normal people normally people come to. They come to like 100 120 pages, <laughs> and so they had to. You know, cut it up and, and this and that. And he finally got, <laughs> yeah, people. Um, he finally got uh, John Landis. His friend came in and then um, worked on the script with him. And then he, John Landis, of course, directed the movie. Um, it's so funny. And it's this: if you don't know the story of the uh, Jake and Elwood Blues, uh, uh, Jake is in prison and uh, who's played by John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd, who's who's Elwood. Um, the movie opens up where Jake's getting out of prison. It like gets his day, and and Dan Aykroyd picks him up, and anyway, they go to see. Um, they call her the, you know, the the penguin, who's a nun who runs an orphanage, because they said, you know, John Belushi's character, Jake, said he would ha- he would go see her the day he got out of the out of the prison, so they go see her, um, and uh, they find out that the orphanage is going to be closed because of property tax, and they need to raise five thousand dollars, or it's you know. It's there's going to be closed and all those kids are going to be shipped elsewhere and all this stuff. And so that's that's the moral of the story. They got to they got to get the band back together cuz they're going to think the only way we can raise money is to uh sing and uh, and get uh and have a concert. And so that's that's what they're trying to do. But of course, then they go throughout the whole movie trying to find all their old band members. And at yeah. along the, the way, they're pissing off a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> like for some reason Carrie Fisher's in this movie and for some reason yeah. she's really mad at, at uh, John Belushi's character um, and uh, she's trying to kill him throughout the whole movie like to the point where she's trying to shoot him, blow him up with a bazooka. Like there's just it's outrageous, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, then Henry Gibson, uh, a lot of people might not know him. Uh, he's in one of my favorite movies, The Burbs, but he's in this movie and he's played yeah. by one of the, uh, the neo-Nazi group that the Booze Brothers end up pissing off. Uh, for <laughs> and so they're starting to chase them. And Charles Napier is it part of the uh, 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 Bob's Country Bunker? place where the the blues brothers skip out on their bill and so he's chasing them <laughs> throughout the movie so it's, it's the whole thing and all the way to the end concert um anyway i love this movie it's fun the music is fantastic um I, you know this was kind of my because i was so young when i saw it it was kind of my first introduction to blues music and it was like, man, sure. this is really cool. Like, it's really good music. And of course, a lot of it's covers, obviously, you know. But, but uh, John uh, Belushi and Dan Aykroyd doing all their own singing. Dan Aykroyd's doing his own harmonica playing, which it's fantastic. Um, it's good stuff. Um, some of the dark parts of this movie, like I said, John Belushi was very much on cocaine every single day <laughs> during the filming of this. Um, described John Landis described one day walking into. Uh, John Belushi's trailer and uh, just see John Belushi sitting behind uh, what he described as a mountain of cocaine. Um, Yeah. They even got to the point where they asked Carrie Fisher, who was also did a lot of cocaine at the time to talk to John Belushi about his cocaine use. Like it was that bad. Um, Unfortunately. And of course that, you know, unfortunately a few years later, that's what eventually killed John Belushi. But um, it was, he's just, he was so good. And he's so animated. John Belushi is uh you know, he was Chris Farley before Chris Farley, you know, he's just, it was, is, is so good. And this movie is so much fun. And, uh, yeah, my favorite line of the movie is when they're, you know, they're, they're, get, they get back in the car and they got to get to, to, they're going to get back to Chicago. And he's like, it's 106 miles to Chicago. We have a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark. And we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love that line. Uh, so much fun. Yeah, I love this movie. And um, they have came out with a sequel 18 years later. Oh, my God. Don't ever watch it.
0: <laughs> well, I'll, I'm going to have to probably yeah. some so. Yeah,
3: maybe you guys should do that one too. Blues Brothers 2000 had uh, – <laughs> yeah, I'll let you guys talk about that one. Um, this movie, up until the sequel, <laughs> has held the record for the biggest car crash ever, the most cars wrecked, I should say. Yeah in a movie. Um, you can see that scene where they're, they're flying through the, the mall in Chicago and all this yeah. stuff. Uh, Dan Aykroyd claims that Chicago actually is one of the characters of the movie. They filmed most of it all in or around Chicago. Um, yeah, it's good. And I love uh-huh. all that. I just love it. It's just fun. It's just great. And it's, I, I wish we had John Belushi longer because all, I love all his yeah. movies, but
0: yeah. Uh, yeah,
3: good stuff. Yeah.
0: it's yeah. awesome. I say It's a musical. Boom.
3: It's a musical. It's a musical. One, two, one, two,
1: three, four.
0: I say it's a musical. Boom!
3: It's a musical. It's a musical. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get to your number one, we already know my number one, which is "Singing in the Rain." But sure. did you have any uh, honorable mentions?
0: Um, I had La La Land, mm-hmm. Into the Woods, School of Rock, which we talk about, Hedwick and the Angry Inch, Yep, uh, Spray, uh The Wiz, and Little Shop of Horrors was on my um. Honorable mention. Also, that, um The Music Man and Hello Dolly.
3: Oh, those are good. Um, I have one on here that I think might be your number one. So I'm not gonna mention, but the other ones I had uh were Grease and Wizard of Oz, um, of course, you know, Willy Wonka, classic. Uh, White Christmas, which I love. It's one of my favorite Christmas movies. Um, but it's a great musical. It's an awesome musical. Um and Across the Universe is is good. I love the Beatles. Um, And uh, you mentioned Little Shop of Horrors. I like that one, too. So let's get to your number one, Brad.
0: Well, um, you actually said my number one. Oh, dang it. It, I was
3: hoping uh, it wasn't going to.
0: No, it's fine. It's a 1971 Quaker Oat uh, movie called Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Nice.
3: This was hard to leave off my list. So good. I'm glad you left. It was hard
0: for me to put this at number one. Uh, This is the movie I've seen the most out of any movie ever. I would say I've seen this movie over 50, 70 times. Nice. Whatever. Um, It was financed by the Quaker O' Company. If you don't know this movie, shame on you. It's Gene Wilder playing the title character, Willy Wonka. He sends out a bunch of uh, golden tickets so he can get kids to come to his chocolate factory. He opens it up, and basically it's him trying to find a successor for his... Um, chocolate company. I don't know why he's leaving his chocolate company to a kid, but uh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> why not? <laughs> I, I love this movie. This movie is amazing. Um, again, it's one of those movies I watch when I'm feeling down. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, after reading the script, Gene Wilder said that he would only take the role if he could do that famous somersault. <laughs> um, he said if he couldn't do that, he, he did not want the role. He wanted to surprise everyone as far as uh, Willy Wonka... Uh, Just the way he was. He wanted uh, him to always be surprising people. And when they open, when they first go into the chocolate room, that's the first time that anyone saw that except uh, Gene Wilder. So when you see their expressions on their face, that really is their expressions. Nice. Uh, Sammy Davis Jr. expressed interest in playing Bill, the candy store owner, Um, but the the filmmaker said that he was too famous because he didn't want. Him to like take away from the scene, but I guess just giving kids candy, just throwing candy away, like it's nothing is okay, but not having Sammy Davis Jr. in your movie. Well,
3: I but, think uh, that's code for we can't afford you. <laughs> Isn't that what it was?
0: Yeah, pretty much. We already had Gene much.
3: Wilder. We can't afford. <laughs> we can't afford Sammy Davis Jr. Also,
0: Charlie's just sitting outside the, of that uh, store. And then he'll eventually have to pay for his own candy. Just walk inside. He's giving away free candy. Right. Giving away free candy. Um, This is a movie that I love. I simultaneously love and hate at the same time. I know it's hard to believe, but I do. Um, I hate the grandfather character. Oh, you do? (laughs) Grandpa Joe? What's wrong with Grandpa Joe? Oh,
3: I love Grandpa Grandpa Joe. Grandpa Joe
0: awful. He's a bad influence. Look. Uh, like, first of all, he's like, here, Charlie, I got you uh, a chocolate board. No, you didn't. You didn't get out of that bed. Well, here's and my second... here's
3: my problem with Grandpa Joe. I mean, if he could walk and bring Charlie to the chocolate factory the whole time, how come he wasn't pulling his weight, helping his daughter right. run that house?
0: Right. But his his mom's too busy making laundry soup. <laughs> you know, like I like, let's say. And then when Grandpa <laughs> Joe. And, like, and look. The song, I Got a Golden Ticket, like Grandpa Joe's like, I've got a golden ticket. No, you don't. You got a plus one, Grandpa Joe. <laughs> Grandpa, Grandpa say, Joe's the most famous plus one. Plus one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh. And, then, and then, he. Uh, first of all, this guy's a drunk the whole time, and he's like Jonesing while he's in the chocolate factory, right? And then, when he, when the first chance he can get, He's like, well, busy he live in drinks? Sure. Let's chug them, Charlie. Come on. Well, he's, That's British. All I'm he's
3: British. I mean. No, he's not British. Well, actually, he's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Where are they uh,
3: in this movie? Where are they?
0: <laughs> they actually, it's, it's uh, well, they're in Germany when they filmed it, but uh, it's a, they never really say what country they're in. It
3: feels like it takes place in the United Kingdom. It feels like that.
0: Right, but, like because like the the teacher is like British, but Charlie's American, so I just call it Cluesbekistan. Right, that's where they're at because I don't know where they're at. Right so the it's right near the border. Like, Rabbit Clue, Cluesbekistan. That's what I call it. Right, uh, but that's just me. Um, I and I think Charlie's a freeloader, but that's beside the point. But whatever. Um,
3: and you love this movie, apparently.
0: <laughs> I love this movie, by the way. Look, like, uh, the chocolate bars were made of wood. Um, that's, d- that's uh, depressing. Uh, <laughs> like, I
3: would, I wish <laughs> that was real chocolate.
0: Right. Well, most of the most of the chocolate bars were. Um, the Chocolate River was made of uh, 150,000 gallons of water, real chocolate and cream, because the cream began to spoil at the end of filming. It smelled terrible. Oh yeah. Uh, I so what else? <laughs> the Oompa Loompas were known for a hard drinking, offset, even traveling in a limo together. I don't know if that makes. I don't even know if that's true probably a lie um see what else um <laughs> oh, okay. uh, there are actually 10 oompa Loompas and one of them's a female oh all right yeah there you go um charlie he went through puberty in the film uh which is evident at the beginning of the film where he's singing i've got gold, a golden gold ticket he's like i've got a golden ticket yeah and at the end of the movie he's like sure here's your everlasting gum stopper
3: <laughs> poor charlie
0: I know. I love Charlie. Um, I love this movie. Um, it's, I love this movie for many reasons. I love the music in it. Um, I love making fun of it because it is a ridiculous uh, fun movie. It's exciting. The first time you watched it, you're like, what is this movie? Oh, it's and mind-blowing it's- as a
3: kid the first time yeah, you see this movie. Yeah, it was those other
0: movies where it was like always on USA like yeah. every weekend and you just watched it.
3: This was one of the so- first movies ever that my parents bought me. It was, it was my yeah. own movie. Like Willy Wonka and the Chalk Factory. Yeah, I had the nice VHS oh, nice. copy. It was fantastic. So nice. Yeah.
0: Go I ahead. loved it. Good. That grandpa character. <laughs> Screw Grandpa it, Joe. Yeah. It's just it, pull your weight, Grandpa Joe. I know. The Come real
3: on. let's be honest, the real hero of the movie is Charlie's mom. I mean
0: I I think so too. She's busy making that laundry soup. Yeah.
3: And she even sings him a nice song, you know, as he's yeah. walking down the street. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I also had the theory that maybe, perhaps that that uh, that because we never know where his father is, maybe his father is Willy Wonka, and that she is actually doing the laundry for all the all the people, the, like the Oompa Loompas and stuff like that. I don't know. Maybe who knows? That's a nice fan Donald,
3: theory you got there.
0: Was Donald Trump in this theory or in, in this movie? By the way, I think he was. I think I saw him as an Oompa Loompa.
3: Yeah. Well, there's definitely orange people in this movie, so there you
0: go. <laughs> There you go.
3: Uh, we don't say his name. We call him Orange 45 on this show, just so you know. Oh,
0: I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay.
3: Oops. You're a guest. I'll allow it just once. Uh, no, this was a hard – This was. I got a
0: panic uh, there with the whole <laughs> Grandpa Joe, but, you know, I uh, what we to do.
3: This is a great pick. I'm almost jealous. I'm, I'm, I'm a little upset I left it off on this because it is a great movie. It's such a, a good movie. And when you said in the top of your uh, – when you started talking about this, you said um, – that most people know it, and if you don't, shame on you. Uh, and if if you if Brad said Willy Wonka and the Chalk Factory, and the first thing you thought of was uh, was the Giant Depp movie, uh, stop listening to our show because <laughs> we don't we don't right. want that kind of negativity in our life. Um, no, what's, I'm kidding. It's,
0: what's about this movie is that Gene Wilder doesn't show up until 30 minutes into the movie.
3: Right, so. and he's top billing. You know, like and he's top
0: billing. Yeah. And, and- his entrance is one of the best entrances in any, oh, any movie.
3: Oh, it's fantastic. Good pick. This is a great it's a great pick. Great music. Absolutely great music in this movie. Um wow. Yeah, that's a good one. Now I'm upset. I thought for sure I, you were going to say um because it's my wife's favorite and a bunch of people's favorite who wrote in Rocky Horror Picture Show and I thought maybe you might like that. And I've never been a huge fan of that. Um and I've never l-
0: been really that big of a fan of that. Yeah. I've only seen it. I've seen it in the movie theater with people yelling, and I'm like, what, was I supposed to yell?
3: Yeah, that's a huge thing. Like, I'm guessing everywhere they do that, like on Halloween, they the, local yeah, theaters, theater. and people dress up and they freak out and sing. It's like, I, I, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but
0: It's an experience that you should experience, but yeah, no, it's not one of, I, you know, I'll put it on an honorable mention, Rocky Horror. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. Good stuff, man. I like it. I, good picks. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, I'm just I'm like I said, I'm a little a little upset I didn't put Willy Wonka on my list. But that's you know what? That doesn't make it that doesn't mean I don't like it.
0: So, well hopefully I uh, did you proud there. Tom. You
3: you made me proud. I'm very proud. Hold your
2: breath. Make a wish. Count to three. Come with me, and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Take hello, and you'll see into your imagination. We'll begin with a spin traveling in the world of my creation. What we'll see will defy explanation. want to view paradise simply look around and view it anything you want to do it want to change the world there's nothing to it
3: um a couple other people wrote in. Like I said, we had a quick change of uh, topics this week and a and, uh, quick change of uh, hosts with Brad coming in. So o- only a few people wrote in with their...
0: I changed my underpants before we did this. Oh, I so... didn't.
3: Uh, but anyway, uh, we only had a couple people write in with their top five. And I think this one's a joke. And <laughs> if, if, if it isn't, I apologize. But Chad wrote in, and he had, from Justin to Kelly, uh, standing ovation. I don't know that one. Cool, that. cool as ice, which I believe is the vanilla vanilla ice movie. <laughs> oh,
0: joking. He's got to be joking.
3: He's got he said Grease 2, so you know he's joking now. And then his number 1 is The Apple.
0: Uh, you guys it's, with The Apple, not, I don't get it. Not he's not joking. The Apple is the greatest. I'm ne-
3: no. I i never going to watch it, so don't even you guys I'm gonna keep force trying. You to
0: watch The Apple. I'm going to drive to Duluth right now and force <laughs> you to watch. The apple.
3: All right, fine. Uh, that's what it takes i'm not gonna watch it so all right uh zach wrote in he had west side story which um i was forced to watch when i was in middle school um i didn't appreciate it at the time uh but i i I understand the appreciation for west side stories that's a good one he had singing in the rain he had chicago which my wife and i just watched last night it's a very good movie that was my first time ever seeing it It was last night um by the way um he had south pacific and then he had guys and dolls and then he said he, he FYI, I starred in three of the five of these five in high school. Well, he didn't tell me which three. Zach right <laughs> didn't tell me which three. Um, yeah, really? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, those are all good. Um, I've only seen the, a, a stage production of Guys and Dolls, and uh, um, but I really liked it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, good good picks. Brad, thank you so much uh, for joining me. This is great. I'm glad you were uh, on short notice, be able to step in, and uh, I think you may be uh, replacing Jim.
0: Yeah, can I say something real quick? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's happy 227 day, by the way. It is February 27th.
3: Oh, yeah, Uh, we're recording this on 227.
0: Jeremy and I always celebrate uh, 227 day. Uh, We always get uh, uh, a Jack cake, which is basically (laughs) a cake with Jack A. Harry's picture on it.
3: <laughs> serious? Well, That's
0: awesome. Yeah, serious. we we have. We've been we've been celebrating it for oh. about three years, three or four years.
3: Wow. Yeah. And what do you we've, do? Uh you have cake. What else do you do?
0: Yeah, we had cake, we had Marla Gibbs ribs, and we had Regina King Crab. Wow. Um, cakes, and stuff like that. So and then you sit down and watch two two seven or you talk about Jack A, or you watch ladybugs.
3: Okay, well <laughs> Good poll with the ladybugs in Jack A. That's good. That's a fine Jonathan Brandis <laughs> movie too. Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway, thank you so much for joining me. We tell everyone again where uh, where they can uh, listen to you and find your uh, your podcast.
0: Uh, yeah, you can find both the the Deuce and ABC D Bags on uh, Podbean, um, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, Google Play. You can uh, reach us on Facebook at the Deuce uh, the Deuces Podcasts or abcd bags. Um you can reach us at ABC uh we can we're on Twitter as well at the real abcd Bags. So if you have any questions for us, um tag that. And also hashtag BrettFails again, but whatever. We'll talk about it <laughs> some time. Um and uh also on Twitter as well, uh Deuce Deuce's podcast, I do believe that. that's the handle nice. on Twitter. Nice.
3: Yeah. Awesome. Well, make sure everyone go out and check those. I highly recommend both shows. They're great. Get AC- The ABC D-Bag show is fantastic. It's a great concept. It's a genius concept. And I'm almost, I'm, again, jealous that you guys thought of it, and I didn't.
0: Uh, I'm going to be recording tomorrow. Uh, season 2 is probably going to drop uh, this Friday.
3: So, awesome. I'm s- totally looking forward to that. Everyone check that out. Um, I am Tom of Tom and Jim Top 5. Jim will be back next week. Um, and we will be doing our uh, greatest hits albums, and so we're very excited about that. And you can always find us, of course, on Podbean, our great host, in an iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and you can find us on, as Jim says, all the social media apps you like to stalk your ex girlfriends and boyfriends on, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you can reach out to us at Tom and Jim's Top Five uh, at gmail.com. Uh, so until next week, uh, Brad, thanks again for joining us. I'm going to call you back, Brad, in five minutes.
0: Okay, I'm gonna put my phone uh, off the hook, though.
3: Do people still do that? Put the phone off the hook?
0: I don't know. I don't have a landline. Remember,
3: what's a landline? Remember when people, you do that when you were a kid, and then suddenly you're yeah. eating dinner, then you hear that ring, ring, ring. Oh, what a horrible concept. Uh, all right, Brad. Five minutes it is. See you in a bit.
2: <laughs> all right, bye. Make em laugh, make em laugh. Don't you know everyone wants to laugh? Ah, ah. My dad said, be an actor, my son. But be a comical one. They'll be standing in lines for those old hunky-tonk monkey shines. Now you could study Shakespeare and be quite elite. And you could charm the critics and have nothing to eat. Just slip on a banana, peel, the world at your feet. Make them laugh, make them laugh, make them laugh make them laugh don't you know everyone wants to laugh my grandpa said go out and tell them a joke but give it plenty of hope make them roar make them scream take a fall but a wall split a scene you start off by pretending you're a dancer with grace you wiggle till they're giggling all over the place and then you get a great because they're crying the face Make make them laugh make them laugh